Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, everybody. That was a week, huh? Uh, Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host of Blizzard Watch, and this is that their show, Blizzard Watch. And I went prospector again. I don't know why that. (laughs) I'm from Rhode Island. It's that tall dwarf. We were talking about that on Twitter yesterday. You're you're a tall dwarf. This is what happens. I'm not a tall dwarf. Dwarfs are incredibly ugly. I don't want to be one. Dwarf (laughs) dwarf girls are fine. I I like my dwarf paladin, but uh, I like that she's not a dude because the entire... Every single male dwarf in in World of Warcraft, all of them, should be removed and just redesigned from scratch so that they don't look like that. They got the scariest faces in WoW. They are terrifying. They are. Um, the Dark Irons aren't too bad because for some reason it works better if you have like you know charcoal skin and a red stripe across your face. I don't make the rules. Uh, but anyway... This with me is, of course, my co-host Joe Perez, who's doing the recording for us, which so we love him. Uh, say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Ordinarily, instead of asking <laughs> what you've got to, I'm going to ask this: What's your favorite and least favorite race to play? Not uh, like lore-wise, just to play in World of Warcraft, and then I'll give you mine after. Okay. So honestly, aesthetically, my favorite race to play is High Mountain Torn. Like, absolutely, positively, is. My least favorite to play is probably goblin males. I don't like them. I don't know why. I can't pinpoint it. It's not like I sit there and go, they're ugly, or I can't stand them, whatever. It's just every time I try to play a male goblin, I just can't. There's something in my brain that just stops me from going any further than like, oh, I played them for a day. I'll come back to this. I never come back to it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. They're not they're not in my list, but yeah, I can totally see that with them. Uh for me, I think my least favorite uh and I just went on a huge rant about dwarves. So, you know, male dwarf, you're certainly near the top. But I honestly think though my absolute least favorite to play is stock human male. Really? And that's okay. Yeah, and that's because of two reasons. One is I played as a stock human male from the beginning. That was my original oh, model. Yeah, that's fair. That's right. Uh, and he had this, he had a face where when I was making my character and I kept looking at the face, I'm going, what's wrong with his face? And I, I had to put a fa- I had to put facial hair on him to cover up his mouth 
Yeah. Because okay. his lip looked it, his lip looked like it had some kind of serious deformity that I'd never seen before. So that was that was problem one. Problem two is the fact that they're all swole as heck. Yeah, they are. And, they are super swole. And I don't like it for like it's fine for warriors and you know we all know that's all i ever play but i was trying to play a mage for a while there and i really Mm -hmm. did try i put a lot of effort into that character only ever got to level 43 um because he looked seriously like yeah bro what's up yeah totally gonna go bench some books yep (laughs) want to do some spellcast later but i gotta get some protein shake man because you know i gotta get my guns going it's like seriously what what is wrong with him the only thing I appreciate about the male human characters, even from back in the day, is that they do the disco dance because it made yeah. me feel valid. And here's okay, here's why though. So growing up, my mother taught dance. And so like I learned how to dance all the different styles of dance, like tap dance, jazz dance, all that type of stuff, because my mom needed a partner and that was it. Like I was just I just learned. So I know how to Jitterbug, all that stuff, but I know how to disco dance too. So when the human male dance came out, it was absolutely hysterical to me because people were trying to do it. I'm just in there like bopping and going along and, and doing all that stuff. Cause I actually know how to do those moves and it was fantastic. It, it, it's such a weird, cheesy thing, but I appreciate the fact that that was their dance. See, the only thing that male humans have going for them, in my opinion, is the one particular joke, the Lord of the Rings one. one. No, it's one of my wife and I have been doing for years. It's the one who goes, I'm a teepee, I'm a wigwam, I'm a teepee, I'm a wigwam. Relax, man, you're too tense. Ah, yes, the classic. Yeah, that one. That is it for human males. Um, <laughs> I, I, the problem is I actually like playing quite a lot of, of races, like both aesthetically and just for lore reasons. But like aesthetically speaking, I like night elf females. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody, everyone likes night elf girls. Who, who doesn't? They gave the horde an entire night elf race just to shut them up. I still got a um, series one Chandra's uh, action figure sitting on my wall, literally two feet to my left. Yeah, so you know, night elf. I like playing them. Like my my main on live is a night elf. I like dwarf dwarf girls. I like Draenei, both both genders. I like Torin both genders, but I like Torin men better. And it's it goes back to the dance thing you just said. Yeah. Okay. Because the Torin the Torin guys have the peanut butter jelly dance. Yes, they do. And they go for it. Yes, I they mean, do. They really go for it. Um. So yeah, I think those are my favorites. I thought I would hate playing as an orc, but I played as an orc in Mists, and I liked it fine. Like, I had no problem with it. I didn't. I didn't have any any difficulty with it. And this was an orc dude, and this was before you could make him stand up straight. Yep. This was a okay. hunched over orc dude, and I had no problem with it. I, it made perfect sense. I, I don't think if I ever played an orc again, I don't think I would make him stand up. I think I'd leave him hunched. I like That's him. Because for one thing, it really projects the shoulders. And do you remember the back in vanilla? Do you remember the orc shoulder bug? Yes, I was do. That, was that, that vanilla or was that Burning Crusade? No, that was a uh, very ta- that was no very tail end of vanilla is when it started because it was yeah. when uh, it started with um, I want to say next Ramus. I don't remember for sure, but I just remember that bug because like they they would show pictures. There was two things they would show pictures of. They would show pictures of Torin with the headless horseman helm. Yep. Because when they first put that helmet in. They didn't size it right on Torin, and it didn't look right at all. It was it took up the entirety of their torso, which, which is like, which is hilarious because I think it's an inside joke now because I think certain hats they just do that on purpose now to this day. Yeah, but nothing has ever been that big again. And then there would be like Torin, who I mean, there'd be orcs wearing like you know big plate shoulders that would be shrunk down to be teeny little shoulders on them for no reason that they could figure yep. out. When we talk about bugs in WoW being weird and complicated. 
they've been that way since you know it took them like i i honestly almost a year to figure out how to fix the orc shoulder bug. yes they did yep yep because i i remember when they did because we actually did a post on the site about it it was that big a deal um but yeah uh, I guess that covers that. that. I'm actually happy we talked about that and we did more in the future. But we should yeah. do some news stuff now, I suppose. We should, because there um, is definitely some news this week. The first one I want to talk about, actually, I think is is it's kind of somehow been underreported and overreported at once, and I think it's a pretty big deal. Um, Patch 8.3 has got some bugs. No one is denying this. Uh, one of the biggest bugs is the auction house, which got redesigned. And I like the auction house redesign quite Love a bit. Love the redesign. It looks really good, but people are selling things on the auction house because that's what you do, and they're not getting the money. Yeah, that happened to me, actually. Yeah, so since it happened to you, since I haven't sold anything, you should talk about this because this is bad. Yeah, so it doesn't happen all the time, and it doesn't happen to everybody. There are people that are, are getting their auctions, you know, they're getting the notification that they sell, and they're getting the, the mail, the money, no problem. But then there's some of us who... Like as soon as the auction house was was redone and revamped, I went through, put all my stuff back up, because I was like, oh, I'm not going to leave anything up before the revamp because it's just going to get sent back to me or I might lose it, whatever. Ha 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 ha. So yeah, I lost a whole bunch of cloth, probably a couple thousand golds worth of cloth on the auction house that I just never got the money for. Uh, they sold; they're no longer there. I didn't get a mail with them back. I got the notification that they sold in game. And I'm not using any, and like people have tried to blame this on like add-ons or mods or things like that. Nope, nothing. I have all those disabled. I just haven't gotten the gold. And there's no ETA on the on a fix for it, at least at this time. I know that they've done a couple emergency patches, but nothing. Like it still randomly happens to people. That's awful. It is absolutely awful, especially because that's the only way I really make money in this game is doing stuff like that. And a lot of people like playing the auction house game. Yeah, the auction it just house breaks is. It. Yeah, if I mean you can make money other ways, but like sometimes it's it's very much hit or miss. Like, do we have an emissary that rewards two thousand gold, or you know, did do you get to like revered with like once you get to like the, the part where you're getting like bonus chests, paragon chests from rep, those can give you a decent amount of money, but it's mm-hmm. it's all fairly. It's not reliable. And not with it's, the gold, not know, with the gold sinks that are available. This expansion, no. Yeah, and and and, and to to kind of key off that, some folks in chat are talking about uh, this might actually be mail system related and not auction house related. I didn't see a blue post on that, but if there is one out there, by all means, tweet it at us or or toss a link our way. I'd love to see it because if that's the case, fantastic. At least they've pinpointed where the problem is. But oof, you still have to fix it. Before, you still have to fix yeah. it. Yeah. I actually one of the I've been thinking about auctioning some stuff off because I left when I, when I stopped playing for a bit and started playing my alts, I left a ton of mats in my bags. Like my main has got a ton of mats in her bags, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're not all super current or anything. But you know, anybody wanting to level a skill is going to be using them, and I could totally just start throwing them on the auction house and make some change. But I'm not going to do that if there's a chance that I won't get it, even if it's a small chance. Um, that's more of a chance that yeah. I want to take. And I mean, know? and apparently they're saying that it's just delayed and it will eventually show up, uh, which is great, but I've been over a week and I haven't gotten my money for my sold auction. So I don't know how long of a delay that they're talking about. Yeah. You definitely don't want to put stuff up if you know that it could still happen, whether or not, you know, sure it's delayed. That's great. But like, you know, thank you. Altionis, for the link blue post in chat. 
Fantastic. Cool. Thank you. Joe's going to read that while I keep talking then. Yep. Uh, one of the things about like stuff like that in the first place, one of the things is always, there's an, this actually also goes into story stuff. Whenever someone says you're just delaying the inevitable, my response is always, well, if I delay it long enough, it's as if it didn't happen, isn't it? Um, okay, I feel, yeah, be- I feel a little better now. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, recap it. Okay, so it is definitely an issue with the mail system, looks like for whatever reason, and it's probably a disconnect between the auction house and the mail system because I know regular mail is working fine for me in-game. Uh, otherwise, like if it's from a, uh, another character or something like that, but they're saying it can take a few days, in my case, over a week, uh, to resolve, but at least it's not subject to the 30-day timer because mail you can't see doesn't count for the 30 days so once they fixed it and can interact with the inbox properly with that everybody should get their gold so that that's at least something so thank you thank you out there uh while we're on the subject of bugs i am going to mention a bug that i haven't personally seen or or heard much about but it's one that our own liz harper has been talking about apparently there's a bug for people using the mac client yes but only specifically ones that don't have discrete graphics cards yeah um for whatever reason and I don't know what the reason is. I, I am not an expert on like you know the the Mac client or even coding in general. Uh, but for some people playing who don't have their own discrete uh, graphics cards, as Joe pointed out, the game literally just crashes on boss pulls and at odd, other odd moments. And so it's I, not really reliable. Some people it they can still play, they can still solo, they can still do stuff. Other people can barely even move. So. Yeah, I've got a theory on that, actually, because I was, I was thinking about it a little bit more last night after because we were Liz and I were talking about it. We were all talking about it a little bit late night last night. Um, but for whatever reason, I think they put an optimization into this patch for and I don't think it's to street cards. I think it's integrated graphics cards. But when you do that, because there's uh, a bunch brand new AMD cards, brand new NVIDIA cards that are are being integrated with the Intel chips and AMD chips it probably is freaking out when it's doing whatever process it does to optimize it for those Mac client for the, for the Mac computers that have the integrated graphics because it's looking for something either Intel based or AMD based, something that's an operation that the Mac cannot perform since it's technically Unix based and freaking out. Um, That's my guess, but it's, People that have been telling me, and I've been getting a lot of tweets from people that uh, have Mac clients that just haven't been unable, they've just been completely unable to play. I feel really bad for them because you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to dual boot. You shouldn't have to reinstall, you shouldn't have to install Windows just to play a game. But it sounds like that's what people are doing just to get around this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So, but yeah. That's it's a bad one. <laughs> there, there are other bugs too. I mean, there's some people reporting a bug that they can't get loot from their horrific visions, um, which I have not actually experienced yet because I did one horrific vision, failed it miserably, and then went off to do other stuff because my gear was like 380 something, and I had to gear up. Uh, I'm gonna go back in this week, so I don't. You've done them. Have you had any problems with gear? Not with gear. Uh, the only problems I've had, and I've had some problems, uh, I'm actually two horrific visions behind as a result of issues. Uh, one was my own fault because the one mechanics in Stormwind is a pain, and I'm not going to spend time complaining about it. I promised myself I wouldn't. But the knockback in that the one bonus area is just horrendous, and it's supposed to be only when you move that it explodes and knocks you around, but it's also at a part where 
there are mobs that knock you around and if they knock you around it triggers the explosion and then continues to knock you around and you can get caught in an infinite loop which is horrible uh but my problem is i've had a couple instances where i haven't been awarded my coalesced vision things from questing or invasions so oh, I'm actually the mementos. No, not the mementos. The ones you need to buy the the vials. Oh wow! Okay, that's that's terrible. So I'm missing like five thousand, five and a half thousand, whatever you get from doing the 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 one invasion because I never got awarded it. I put in a ticket and they they just said there was nothing they could do about it. So I'm literally behind one vial because I am five thousand short, and it's very very annoying. But there's nothing I can yeah. do. So, you know, we just wanted to make sure we mentioned them. I know there's more bugs, but we don't, like, have them all, like, right in front of us or anything. Uh, they're getting worked on. Hopefully they'll get fixed soon. But if you are going through one of them, you know, it sucks, and you have our condolences, especially since, like Joe said, he's he's experienced a couple. Um, I haven't done any auctions, or I'd probably be crying about that, but I very much avoided the auction house because I didn't think of it. I was broke. Didn't, didn't think of it. Uh, but, okay, moving on to a new subject. Um Squeakers, the the trickster. <laughs> I love his little hat. I love, I love him so much. <laughs> I love the little guy. Oh my god, he's such a little guy. And yeah, um, I I can't talk about this thing. No, I can I can do this. I'm a professional. <laughs> so last week, just after we did the show, actually, um, they the people at Blizzard released their new like you know hey if you want to do like a six month sub here's what you get. And it's, it's a rat named Squeakers um, because, you know, it's the year of the rat and the Chinese Zodiac and the, the, the Lunar New Year celebration is linked to that. So they're, they're doing they're doing the, the, the rat mount. And he's first off, it's cute as I, I if you've watched this, listen to the show for a while. I'm pirate ghosting up to beat up a band here. I, I, I'm just fighting back profanity. Is just I, I appreciate that. that. <laughs> um and the best part is that when you do the mount special, he twirls up into the air and sprouts like green wings and flies around on luminous green wings. And it's just, oh, my God. I just I, I think I said something along the lines of I wanted to see an animated series about him. Like, let's just forget <laughs> everything else and just do like, do you remember like going back to, to Warlords? They did the Lords of War thing or this expansion with Warbringers like that. But just with Squeaker's the rat. And Squeaker's a trickster rat. And whatever friends you want to give him, like he could have a vermin mm-hmm. uh, friend. And he can have like a, a little baby dire horn that, that's his friend. They, they they became tameable in that expansion too. So yeah, just they can be his little cartoon friends. And it's like Muppet babies. But, you know, they go around stealing carrots to give to the vermin. Because, you know, why shouldn't vermin get to eat carrots? And they steal grain from the panda the Pandaren because Pandaren don't need it. You know, they do. <laughs> And they're not like making beer out of it. They can they can spare some. That's true. Um, I but yeah, I just I love squeakers. Go I want I want it. I don't have it. I because I don't have the money to do a six month sub right now. But I want it, and part of the reason I want it is because it reminds me of so years ago when I moved into the house I'm in. I had a blind rat, a blind white rat named Gunther, and he used to sit on my desk when I played WoW and he would just kind of chill and hang out and he was my little WoW buddy and Squeakers looks just like the coloration that Gunther was. So I kind of want it so I could have Gunther in game. That's that's why I want it. 
That's as good a reason as any. I just want it because it's ridiculously, painfully, <laughs> punishingly cute. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, there's that. There's a really cute rat mount. I think you. I think it's going to be purchasable straight eventually. Um, it's. I think the. It's currently available till like mid February, and then there's going to be like a period of time where it, they'll switch it over, and it's you can just buy it. I think, uh, but I don't know that for sure. We'll see. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I mean, it's not like I'm going to go anywhere in the next six months. It's just once I have the money, I'm probably going to do a six-month sub and call it good. Yeah, but okay. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about really fast because otherwise we'd just be going on and on. Well, we'll probably talk about Nile Loth a little bit, but um, Galacron's Awakening, the single-player adventure for Hearthstone, is now out. The Descent of the Dragons uh, single-player story. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been loving the uh, the, the Battlegrounds for uh, Hearthstone, this this whole pack. People absolutely love that. I'm, I don't know how people feel about the single-player thing yet because I have not seen anyone play it. Uh, I, I know Ted's been playing it, but I have... I was going to say, I, I watched Ted play stuff. it last night on stream. Yeah. Um, so hey, since you watched Ted, let's have you talk about it. What did you think? Uh, actually, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I like the idea... I like the single-player adventures I always have since they started doing them in Hearthstone. I think that they were a great addition. I like card games that do that. Uh, and I like the ones that flip the character stuff around or have specific mechanics. Like, one of the ones I thought was very, very cool last night is you flip between the different uh, characters for the League of the Adventurers League. Uh, and one of the ones you play, you play as Kagar, essentially. And you're facing off against a... Uh, a ice elemental that has 150 hit points. And if anybody who's played Hearthstone knows, that's a lot of hit points. But the trick is with Cadgar in this is that you have elementals that you can summon that mirror your spells. And so, like, it's to get this combo going where you can have enough of these guys out that you can cast a super high level, like, fireball or flame thing or whatever because you have things that bump up your spell power but you could be like plus 10 plus 20 this turn only and then have those recast it so you can do like 130 points of damage in a single turn uh so that was pretty cool watching him face off against dr boom was really really cool it looks like a lot of fun and it's i like the fact that it looks like it, it makes you have to think about the combos it's not just rushing it's not just throwing creatures at it it's that it's just here. Here you go. Here's the cards. Here's the the theme. Here's the specific thing. Go and figure it out. And I, I like that. I like I like puzzle solving like that. I think it's cool. Okay, I that sounds cool to me. I'm terrible at segues. Um, <laughs> I think we should probably at least touch upon it a little because Nihilotha came out last night. Yes, uh, it yeah, did. it came out yesterday. I should say. Uh, Joe's going to be rating it. Uh, you said today. Today, yep. Tonight will be my first foray into the uh, the Sleeping City. I, I went in last night with my guild. Kind of the last minute thing. I didn't. I, I didn't even know they were raiding. Uh, I was on for something else. I think I was on just trying to figure out how to get better weapons. Um, and they they threw me an invite, so I went in. Uh, and I gotta say, it, it's kind of an interesting experience. Uh, I don't want to like spoil it for anyone who hasn't gotten to do it yet. So I'll be pretty vague about this. But the first fight really kind of sets up the theme of this whole raid, mm-hmm. which is basically nothing you see can be trusted. Uh, Nazoth is messing with your head. The, everything that you experience could be complete BS, and you never know. And that's like the first and second fight in particular that we did, uh, Rathion and the Prophet, 
uh, Skedis. I don't know. I can't remember what he's pro- what, what, he, what the giant bug man is. who wears a robe. Yeah, um, the both of them in different ways play with your perception and your understanding of what's actually happening. Um, the third one was Mwat, and that's just a big. It's a big obsidian destroyer. So, not the subtlest fight. N- not messing with my perceptions. Just being a big magic eater. Uh, but you know, it's thematically appropriate. I very much thought of Encourage when I was doing this. Yeah, AQ20 in particular. It, it definitely has some Encourage feel to it. Which makes sense, um, considering what Encourage is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but in terms of this, I, I think this is one of the better raids they've done in this expansion. And I'm not saying that the other ones were bad, but Old Deer, in retrospect, Old Deer was a hint yeah, that this was where we were going. That that the other stuff you were going to see wasn't. This was actually what's going on. And in a lot of ways, Old Deer turned out to be much more important than we thought it was. Um, so that's 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 interesting to me. But yeah, uh, you haven't gotten to see it yet, so I don't want to talk any more about it. I just wanted to mention it that it's out. Uh, I think it's quite good. They've also updated the uh, item levels on pretty much everything for season four. They, if you were doing stuff last week, you still had the old item levels on stuff like world quests mm-hmm. and emissaries. They've now been updated. I think that the top for emissaries is 445. Okay. I think, or maybe just 440. I'm not sure. 440 uh, might might be that. Sound, that sounds right. I think it's 440 because 445 is the start of normal uh, Nihilatha. That's normal Nihilatha gear. Um, is 445 uh, as is the world boss gear. So I think it would make sense that the the highest your emissaries will get you is 430, is 440. Um, I've been getting 430 gear uh, for my my Azerite gear, like the the helmet, shoulders, and, and chest plate. And since I had like 400, like 405, I think for both of those, 430 is actually a pretty big upgrade. Uh, chat, by the way, is letting us know that emissary is 445. So it's the same as like gear from from normal they're they're as right gear they're as right items but yeah that's what it looks like so yeah there you go um so yeah that's it's pretty solid i think um the world quest gear seems to be topping at around 415 420 so it's if you're like way behind it's it's perfectly serviceable catch-up gear the top out seems to be around 420 i haven't seen any anything from a world quest that was higher than 420 um, as is always the case, weapon quests are really rare on the ground. So yes, yeah, they are. That's that's always great. But yeah, um, that that's in place. Um, they've they've in, they've started the new season for you know mythics and all that stuff. Uh, mythic rating and LFR is next week. Uh, this week is just normal and heroic for mm-hmm. Nihilatha, but you can do mythic plus right now um, if that's what you're going for. I thought we should mention that, and we have. So now I guess we should move on to do some emails. Um, Let us go forth. Oh, you're, you're cool. Let it go. Yeah, I'm cool. Uh, if you ha- I, have, I haven't done anything with uh, any of the Mythic Pluses yet. So, and I, I right. don't have a dedicated team. So if anybody needs a dedicated healer, you let me know. Well, you're in the wrong faction, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if you have uh, an email for the show uh, or a question in general, you can either send it to email at podcast. Uh, no, it, sorry, it's podcast at blizzardwatch.com sorry having a brain day uh podcast at blizzardwatch.com or you can go to our discord server and find the patron q and podcast questions channel and you can ask it there um in either case we will take questions about anything uh 
you you know there's obviously the lore watch podcast so you need to put podcast or blizzard watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show and not that show but if you want to talk about like you know gearing if you want to talk about why haven't they re-released rock and roll racing whatever you want to talk about you can ask us and we will at least attempt to answer it uh joe reads them for us because your host can't see uh so he's going to do that now if he doesn't mind all right Hello, Watchers! I'm wondering if Blizzard has mentioned anything about lifting transmog level restrictions in Shadowlands. Currently, my low-level characters have very limited transmog options because of the minimum level requirement for, required for gear from later expansions. Legion gear, for example, requires a minimum character level of 98. But since I can take my character to the Broken Isles at level 10 in Shadowlands, I feel like I should have access to all the Legion transmog options at that point, and possibly all other expansions. Question mark. Thanks and keep up the good work. Winterwolf on Dathramar. That's a very good question. I don't think I've seen anything about them specifically stating how the transmog system is going to change in Shadowlands. Yeah, I haven't either. But it would make sense. Like, well, I mean, they they got to change something because we're all going to be level 50. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't, like, have stuff locked for level 98 in a game where 60 is going to be the max. They're obviously going to have to do something. And I... I agree with what he's saying here or she sorry because i don't know um i agree with what they're saying here that if you can go there at level 10 and start getting the gear then you should be able to unlock it like you should have the appearance yeah that makes perfect sense uh but i have seen nothing them discussing this at all but it's something that if they it's something that i think should be announced or at least discussed by the devs and it's something we should probably ask them directly so if there's ever an option for a Q&A coming up or anything like that, this might be a really good candidate to ask. because Absolutely. And like, the, the level squish is a really good thing, not just because of you know player characters getting squished, but the, the way that they're changing the leveling experience is something I hadn't considered before. So thanks for that, Winter Wolf. I didn't even think of that. Because now that you can choose where to go at level 10 and you can go to any expansion, literally all of that gear should be transmogable for across all of them if all of them are available at level 10 so yeah i don't know one one idea that comes to mind is they could lock it not by what level it is but by what it's what content you've cleared maybe like they could do it that way um like if your character hasn't done the legion content they won't get the transmogs or and this this is what i would personally prefer just unlock it all yep just give it a, at this point just give it to everybody like, if your character, if your main has done this and gotten that piece of gear, just let your alt wear it. Yep. Um, if your main's done the quest, let your alt wear that robe that you can't wear because you're not a, a priest. Let your priest wear the robe that was a reward from a quest that you did, like, two years ago. Uh, I would totally be okay with that. I have no problem with it. But I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't understand, like... This would be the perfect opportunity to do that too, right? Because you're, you're changing everything. They're changing the leveling experience. They're changing how everything works already. So why not? Why not just take it? And if your main has it, just let your ults transmog into it. I can understand maybe having some restriction on like legendaries, can, like still, but it it doesn't make any sense anymore at this point. The way that my, the way, my the night of warriors, my night of warriors, running around with two shadow horns on her back. You've you've already made the you've already taken the leap. Just go all yeah. the way, just. And I'm gonna take this moment, uh, because you know, in memoriam, let rogues transmog daggers to fist weapons and swords and stuff, guys. Just just that's silly. 
forcing them to just use daggers visually. No, just let them let them use those fist weapons they've collected that they never had to get to use because they're always using daggers instead. You know, they have a huge fist weapon collection. Let them use them. Yeah. Let them use swords with with daggers. Let let daggers and and axes. I mean, I can tr- I can transform my two handed staff as a elemental or resto shaman into a two handed axe. Why can't they do that with like fist weapons? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, my warrior can dual wield pole arms. Uh, I can turn a pole arm into two staves. I can turn it into the staff that's like a fell hound from Black Temple. I can dual wield those. Yep. Just let let the restrictions go. They've served the purpose that they were designed for. You were conservative because you were rolling out a new system. But Transmog's been in the game since Late Cataclysm. Late Cataclysm came out in 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, maybe 2011 by the time this actually happened, but 10 to 11 years and, we've had Transmog. And, and, I, and here's the thing that I, I don't think is there's an argument that I know people make, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I never did, but it's you used to be able to tell what type of opponent you were facing in PvP based off of what weapons they were holding on to. I don't think that's true anymore. I think it's been broken for enough classes at this point that the difference between a subtlety and a, you know, uh, what what's the outlaw rogue, you know, will that really change how you approach a rogue? Probably really not at this point. I don't think it makes as much of a visual difference anymore. It's kind of like how they used to make that argument for, like, class-specific gear, like, you don't want a hunter running around in shaman gear. I mean, you don't want a shaman running around in hunter gear. But they've broken that already, too. Where yeah. a lot of the gear that I can pick up that's neutral is hunter gear. I have, I'm a, I'm a, my shaman can sit there and look like an undead murloc if he wants to. That was a hunter tier set. At this point, just, just take it, just break the restrictions. I don't think it's going to affect gameplay anymore at this point. Yeah, I, I definitely think that we've we've got to the point where transmog is so integrated into world of warcraft that it's time to just just let people do it and certainly you you almost you have to do something about this question that uh that winter wolf asked you you have to deal with the fact that you can't have the level restrictions be the same and you can't have level restrictions if people can do any you know expansion they want you can't restrict well you have to be level like 40 to get burning crusade gear if you're running burning crusade at level 10 you know, well, I yeah. can't transmog into the gear I'm wearing. Like, it's just, yeah, no, it's it's time. Yeah, and, and I can understand keeping, like I said, like some of the legendary stuff or maybe like if there's a class-specific item or weapon, like something that only can be obtained by a specific class, wanting to keep that flavor to a certain degree, maybe. But yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're, we've beaten this one down into the ground. I think it's, I think we should move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello again. Yes, I've been emailing y'all a lot. Sorry. Don't apologize for that. We like emails and questions. While rewatching the Shadowlands cinematic during the Thursday night server reset, it struck me when Silvana said, I will set us all free, that she knew something we did not. If you have seen the Netflix show You, you may see a similarity between Sylvanas and Joe. They both sometimes act benevolently, although their actions are literally insane and beyond what a well-adjusted person would do. So what do you think about the idea that Sylvanas believes she really is helping us in the same manner that Joe explains his actions as though they make perfect sense? This is from Shad, our buddy on Hygel. 
I'll let you go first on this one. I think it's probably it's pretty much well established. I don't think here's the thing. I don't think she cares particularly much in the in the personal sense about helping people. Like that's not her. She's not a giver. That is not her personality. I don't think that was particularly her personality before she died. Not that she was callous or wanted to hurt people, but she was duty focused and very much, you know, we're going to do this because I, you know, I said we're going to do it sort of person. Um, and she defended her people because that was her role. It was her task. She was the Ranger General. Yep. And, you know, they were her people too. But I, I don't think she was, she wasn't super altruistic. And that's not a dig on her. And that there's plenty of people who aren't particularly altruistic. Um, I'm not particularly altruistic. I, I help when I can, but I don't kill myself to do it. Um, but I think that Sylvanas now, I think she believes that what she's doing is in the best interest of everyone, but she's good at believing that. Yeah. That is something Sylvanas has honed to a razor edge. She's very good at justifying her actions to herself. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at with this, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I can understand where this thought is coming from, where maybe she knows something we don't know. She has experiences that we can't possibly comprehend. We've gone over that uh, a lot. Okay, sure. But I don't see her, again, being altruistic. I don't see her doing this as this is for the good of everybody. What I do see is I see a zealot. I see somebody who believes so fervently in whatever sh her course of action is that she is going to do it no matter what, whether this is she's scared of death, whether this is something that's being born from a selfish point, whether this is she wants to release the world from this because she experienced it and hates it and doesn't want to be stuck or bound to these rules anymore and doesn't want anybody else to be, or if it's just because that's what she believes and she won't broker any deviation from that plan, especially at this point. We've already seen yeah. her. We've already seen her break from her, her intended path multiple times and each time it hurt her or cost her. And so we're talking about like when she offered undeath to her sister the first time and she was rejected and when well, she, to be fair, to be fair, she never actually made the offer fair. She was just going yeah, to do she it. She was just she was going to kill her in her sleep. And then she offered her. her a place to stay and didn't quite mention, oh, and by the way, the cost of the place to stay is that you'll be dead. Hey, hey, hey I mean, semantics, semantics. But it, <laughs> it's it's also one of those things where, like, and then the second time she had intended to kill her sisters and bring them into her fold. And she didn't. She wavered. And it hurt her in the long run, too. So I think at this point she has sort of that zealot's ferocity of this is it. This is this is what needs to be done. I will let nothing break me from this path anymore because this is anytime I deviate from this, I hurt and I don't want to hurt anymore. So I think it's more selfish than anything. I don't think it's altruistic. Yeah, there's a, when you're looking at war crimes, since we, since we mentioned war crimes, um, one of the interesting things about it isn't just, you know, the whole I'm going to kill my sister thing. Uh, there's a part where they're talking about when she and Verissa are just having a, a moment. They're just having a moment together talking about, you know, the, the place they're at because they're meeting at the, at the you know, the Windrunner Spire. Yep. Their family home, which is now, of course, like, you know, overrun by mindless and dead at the time that they're meeting there. And they just, they're just having a moment, and Sylvanas smiles at something Verissa says, and 
she's like she says it's there's it's described as being like a phantom limb twitching mm-hmm. where she doesn't know how to feel this but she's feeling it anyway and her response to it is that to try and cling to it like the whole bit with with Verisa, you know, with her like gonna kill her sister and, and raise her as undead, is at its core, it's desperate loneliness. Yeah, it's just you know, and and I'll say this because I think I'm I'm one of the few people who can say something about this and not be taken to mean that I like that person. It's love. Sylvanas loves her sisters. She would love to have them both back. It's agonizing for her to not have them back, to have Varisa be there and yet not be there to, to actually confront her and be told by her that she's going to get, she's going to kill her in her own throne room. Wasn't a good moment for her. Wasn't yeah. something she wanted. No. And, but you're talking about what you're describing here. There's always the person who can justify every little thing they do. Yes. As being necessary. So you see it with Sylvanas in in the the not war crimes in, in before the storm, when she's like, she allows the desolate council to have their meeting with the, with the alliance. She allows it to happen. She does so knowing she's going to do something. Yes, she was planned. It's writing on the wall from the very beginning, right? Like, yeah. and she does it because she honestly believes. Well, they'll be rejected anyway. I'm I'm sparing them what I went through. Mm-hmm. And that she always has that. There's always that moment of, well, in the end, this will just, it'll all fall apart. There's no, you know, and she even says that in the, in the Warbringer short, she's like, you know, there's no hope. Yep. Just give up now and spare yourself some pain. There's, and that's everything she does in the shadow, the, the, the Shadowland cinematic is very much, you know, I'll free us all from this cycle. Even if she doesn't know what will come instead she doesn't know what she's going to even be replacing it with, and she doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Because, because what she's got is so intolerable to her that anything is preferable. Even you know, there's there's just that. That's the thing. It's it's selfishness. It's self interest. But she's good at telling herself it's other things, and it's really fascinating. Even in in if there's the, one of the things you see at the end in Ilatha is a dialogue between Sylvanas and Ashara. And I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but you, you get to hear it. And it's fascinating for how each of them kind of like shows their entire, um, I can't use the word, but each of them shows their entire butt in just a few lines. And it's, it's really interesting. Sylvanas, Sylvanas will always come up with a justification. It will always be necessary yes. to do the things she wants to do anyway. Yep. No, and, and that's absolutely right. And that's, that's something we've seen from her character from the very, very beginning. So... This is you're you're absolutely right. It's I don't know. I, I and I don't I don't view it as bad storytelling like I know a lot of people do, at least with it. I think that we just I don't think we get enough of it is really what it boils down to. I think that we haven't seen enough to fully understand more beyond just this is a selfish thing. But I, I mean, that's all I got on that one. Do you have anything more? No, I feel like we we did a pretty good job yeah. with it. 
Cool. Next one. Hi, guys. With the release of the Epic Cloak quest in 8.3, some friends and I started uh, grousing about the need to complete such a long quest over and over again for each of our alts. We see the need for gaining the content and gear behind mandatory quests, but repeating the same Heart of Azeroth quest a seventh time is pretty boring. If you look at Legion, though, artifact weapons were gated behind mandatory quests, but each quest was unique. Clearly, Blizzard can't afford the resources for 37 different pathways every patch, but is it reasonable to offer three or four? Do you think offering multiple experiences to unlock the Heart of Azeroth would have changed the experience or the player base for the better or worse? Is this something Blizzard should do moving forward? Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, Juriel, Human Paladin on Trollbane. I... The Heart of Azeroth is weird, so... I liked the the artifact ones just like you did. I, I thought that each one being a unique experience was was good. Going back and getting that, those items was fantastic. And even if you didn't alt that one a different route that happened to be the same class because, you know, if you're like me and Matt and have 8,000 of the same exact character class because we're addicted to them, uh, yeah, I could see that there's variation there. And I agree that I don't think it's something they can offer all the time, every time. But I don't know if offering multiple versions of the quest are is the right way to go, even if it's for something like the Heart of Azeroth. The Heart of Azeroth is this big iconic moment. The quest to do it is very involved. Same thing with the cloak. And I like that. I I like that it's this big moment. But I also think that, again, doing it on multiple alts gets a little stale. I think there should be a mechanic, just like they did with Broken Shore, where you can literally click a button and say, I've already done this, and just move on with your life. And I think that is the better option, not because I don't want them to do more quests or things that are more involved. I will always absolutely take more story, more lore, more things that are, are entertaining and keep you engaged in the in the immersion of the game. But also, at the end of the day, I know that there are too many character classes, too many alts, too many, too many opportunities that would need to be filled, and this is the better option, just like Broken Shore saying, I've already seen this, I've already done this, can I just skip to the end? And then moving on and doing the other things. That's my my two cents on that. What do you think? I disagree with you. Okay. Anyway, that's the show, guys. Now, <laughs> now um, I was thinking, actually, as I didn't even have an idea about that until you started talking about it, and the more you talked about it, the more I kept thinking, like, no, no, that doesn't work this time. And part of that is because this is used to not just to train you into how to get all this stuff to, to learn how to do the assaults and the visions and so forth. But it, I think my, my alt got like 20 item levels of upgrades. Sure. Doing quests. But the specific nothing... quests that you get here give you stuff that you wouldn't otherwise get. And just saying I've already done this is not just going to cost you that. Uh, but, it's also going to shove you forward a significant amount of time where it, I, I don't know. It's it's one of the things I've been thinking about it a lot because here's the thing. I did this on an undergeared paladin. Like I think I was 370 sure. or 380 when I came into this. And I was doing better on the paladin than I was on my warrior, even though I didn't know how to play the paladin at all uh, until I got to certain points. And then it was like, oh, okay, here's where I don't know what I'm doing and I start to die. Uh, but I, I, because of the way it was set up, I mean, ultimately the long quest is so tied into your first, uh, major and minor assault and your first vision that I don't know how to extricate it. Like you get a free, Rathion effectively gives you a free vessel for doing that quest line. 
You know that, right? Like one of those yeah. vessels you get is free from him. He just gives it to you. Sure. And you get one whenever that, you, you do finish an assault too. Yeah, but you get one for absolutely nothing for doing that. If you just skipped it all, you wouldn't get that vessel. And so I, I'm not saying you're wrong that there should be mechanics to make it less painful for alts. I just find myself wondering if this time I don't think the just skip it because I've done it already thing will work. Because but, you're 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 cheating yourself out of too many things you get. Well, you get like a free you get like a free eye level four forty bracers for doing those quests. Here, That's a quest thing. It's not I'm I'm still talking. No, 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 done. Okay. You get that thing free for doing that quest. Then you get the free vessel for doing the quest. And you get the cloak for doing the quest. I don't I mean you could just have the cloak pop bang into your bags. You could do that, but I feel like that's not really you get to the point where you're literally just dismissing a ton of time. It's how long would you say it took you to do it? Four and a half hours. And that's me and, doing it at speed. And then your alts, like if you put taking the alts through it, because I've taken an alt through this. I've taken an alt through it too, and it took me about the same time. If not okay. a little bit longer. On my main, I think it took me like three hours. But part of the reason it took me three hours is I got really lucky and there were like groups doing the the veil when I was doing it, so I could mm -hmm. just kind of follow them around and tag stuff. I think it took my alt like five, maybe even six hours to do it. And I don't disagree with you that something should be done. Like I think both you and the and Jeriel here have made a point that's that's this is kind of untenable if you're trying to take twelve to fifteen alts through it. You're kinda of like, oh my god. I totally agree. But I don't know if just the the it's the specific mechanic you're talking about. The broken shore thing where sure. you just say I've done this already and skip to the end. I don't know. I think but maybe Jurel's right. I think maybe their idea is better. Maybe, but here's here's my counter to that though. You're when you were talking about you, leading up and teaching you about these things, the quests really don't teach you a whole lot aside from doing the specific, uh, you know, vision thing when it when you do the the Aldum one. But if you're doing this on an alt, the idea is you've already done this with other characters so you already understand those mechanics the other argument that you miss out on things when you're talking about that you're saying gear there's nothing that says that the gear well, just gear with vessels too you get like i said a free vessel That's and the vessels drops, like entire major assault but there's nothing that says that a mechanic can't be put in that gives you those things as well where like again skipping to the end doesn't mean you skip every all the rewards in between you can just give those to the player because the player is going to get them anyway. It's, is there an inherent value? And this is the question. Is there an inherent value of doing a multiple hour long thing multiple times? Does that specific thing teach anything individually for character classes, not to the player that you wouldn't get otherwise? And I think the answer to that is no, at least in this scenario, like the heart of Azeroth and the legendary cloak in particular, I think those in general, like the, the path that get there, aside from the items that you get, which can be awarded posthumously or whatever, there really isn't anything that if you learn once on one character has to be relearned a different way for another character. Some character classes are going to be easier or harder than others, but at the end of the day, is it really teaching you different mechanics for those classes? Have well, I mean, it does, it does teach you different mechanics for those classes because you have to use them. Oh, give me an and example. If you... I had to learn how to do my uh, crusade ability to, to kill these mobs. I never had to do that before. 
Like there's a difference between this is content at like at or above your your average starting player's ability, especially if you're an alt. This is content that is harder. So when you say your crusade ability, what are you what are you talking about? You're so talking it's, it's about a damage cooldown. strike. No, it's a damage cooldown. Okay, so you're uh, talking about this is how you use a cooldown. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. You, the thing is, when you play an alt, especially in in WoW as it is right now, you don't necessarily learn how to play that alt. You you just blaze through it. That... A lot of times you have heirlooms. You a lot of times you there's very little there to teach you how to play your class. I understand mm-hmm. that's a problem with something else, but it still affects you here. If I tried to do a major assault just blind, if I'd just gone in, if I hadn't had the, the little the extra gear bonuses and stuff I was getting from doing these quests, then I probably would have died twice as much. But I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm saying, saying remove that that... the gear, though. Remove the gear from that equation yeah. if you were just given the gear. You still have to learn how to play. And if you skip all this stuff, then when you go into the major assault, you're going to have to learn how to do it anyway. That's the thing. I think one way or the other, you're, you're going to do a major and a minor assault. And all these quests do is hook a narrative on it. You're not going to skip those. But I think that's where the disconnect is. I think that's where you, you and I disconnect, right? Because yeah, yeah. I don't think these quests fundamentally teach you how to play your character. They don't and, necessarily teach you how to play your character, but they do is hang a narrative on the thing you're going to have to do anyway. Sure. You are going to do major and minor assaults because you require them for the the vessels to do the uh, horrific visions. Right, but I mean, does that narrative have qu- to be repeated multiple times for multiple alts? And does is there a value in that? Even if question. you even if you take the if you take that narrative out for your next alt, you're still going to have to do the exact same thing. It's still going to take you couple of hours you're not saving a lot of time by taking the quests out you're just disconnecting people from narrative whereas if you put a different quest in for other people to do then you're at least maintaining a narrative hook to what is otherwise just gameplay okay so let me let me flip that's that's something i think has got value that's why i said i don't mind it for things like the broken shore but i'm having a problem with it here and i'm not entirely here's the thing i i wouldn't have this problem for the whole thing of activating the heart and getting the essences and stuff i'd be totally okay if you didn't have to do that again but for this particular thing i i feel like jerry's onto something but then i'm not 100 sure why i can't really justify this this is the thing we're going to go back and forth and you're going to continue no i was gonna i was gonna say let me flip let me flip the question a little bit and let me ask it this way so let's say that this was the path that they went. They offered multiple branching paths. How many is enough? How much, like, we when we had the, the artifact weapons specifically, that was, what, 36, 34? If you play those many different classes. If but you that's, were like, you know. But, but those, are, those are 36. Let me look at, cla- look at the Mage like Tower, then. that they did. To answer, to answer your question, then, look at the Mage Tower. The Mage Tower didn't have 36 quests. It had three. But it did have more than... No, it had more than three. It had a lot more than three. Tank, DPS, healer, essentially. Tank, DPS, and healer didn't... There were different There were different tank and different healer quests. There wasn't just three of them. There was more. I didn't... Okay, then maybe I just was unlucky with the alts that I was healing on. But they were all yeah, the same I'm, for me. There was definitely a different one for the, the Demon Hunters. I remember that. Well, but Hunters regardless... Yeah. Even if we assume for a moment that there were just three, one for each spec, that's still better than just one. And the other thing to consider is, at the end of the day, there's never going to be enough content for people. 
before they start getting bored and burning out. There will always be someone who's like, I've done this. I don't want to do it again. I was doing that today about, you know, going back to a Mechagon. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. And that's going to always be a tension in the game. And like I said, ordinarily, I'm, I'm on board with the idea of just being able to skip a lot of this stuff. I mean, you do it once on your main, and that should be enough. That's usually where I am. I'm not 100% sure why that I don't agree this time. I can't like I can't sit down to you and tell you exactly and, A Y B and C. And these are other reasons. And, and that's I, fair. I, like I just wanted to, I just I, wanted to flip it around a little bit and just see like if there I was a point where we'd be okay. Six, six, something like this for something like this. I would love. I would absolutely love it. And I don't think this will ever happen. I, I for one thing the design. I think Legion taught them that they over designed the heck out of that expansion for tons of content that a relatively minor group of people were going to see. Sure. Like, I mean, there are classes I don't play. So I did not see their class order hall or know their storylines. I had to yeah. go read about them and watch the videos. And I mean, even if you, you know, even if you do play every class, do you play, do you play all three or four in one case or two in one case spec for those classes? Do you, do you really have 36 characters all at end sure. game? All but ready I mean, to go? But I think Legion is a special case where that wasn't designed for alts in mind. That was designed for, you know, players doing multiple. Oh, I I disagree with you there. I definitely think that they were thinking, and if someone plays an alt, they'll get a whole new experience. I absolutely. I I think that 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 was a factor, but I don't. I don't think they expected one player. I don't think they ever expected one player to experience all thirty-seven different pathways. Oh, there there are players who did. I know that there are, but I don't think that was the intended group. You know what I mean? I don't know, I, but I do know that I do think that there's a amount of diminishing returns, which is the same reason that they stopped doing starting zones for new races, because the Worgen starting zone was like 15 levels of content designed for players, and how many players were actually but going I, to see it? Sure, but to I the also point where I think we're to we're, the point where you didn't get like the the ending of that storyline happened to another group. I, I, what I'm saying is there's a tension here between this idea being executable versus this idea being pointless. Sure. And I'm not sure where the tension is, is resolvable. I would like there to be an alternative to almost everything you do. And that's obviously not possible. You're not going to get like you, we're not going to get the quest line. The the thing that keeps coming to mind is the bit with Sylvanas, this expansion where horde players could be Sylvanas loyalists or deviate. And, like in the end, did, did that matter? Was it worth doing? And I don't have an answer for you, so don't you know? Don't hold me to it. But I, I keep thinking like since we've read this email, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I think there's some value in his idea that your idea doesn't have. Your idea does not actually have. It does not add anything intrinsic. It just allows you to avoid something. Sure, and 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 I think that's and that's the, the, the that's what it boils down to is how much value should be added if it's even viable or should it be, is there any value in doing that? And to begin with, and while we could say, yes, it's, is it worth the resources and development time for them? Because like you brought up and you brought up the point that Legion was overdeveloped, right? Like it was to a point where there was just so many things going on that some players just felt completely overwhelmed by it. I had to level three warriors through that game. And I didn't, still didn't feel like I'd done everything I could have done on my warrior. 
And then I leveled my Death Knight, and I, I pretty much focused on the Blood Death Knight, the Blood Artifact. So I didn't really get and, to see much of the Frost Artifact. And, and then I think, and that's fine, but then I, I look at it this, and I'm like, is there more value in adding more things to do, or is there more value in giving the player more time to do other things? And it's a hard line, right? Like, it's it's a hard line to figure out where it goes, because there's always this weird balancing act between the two because from a development standpoint you want players to be engaged and stay in your game as long as possible but it's a very fine line between having that engagement and feeling like a complete and total time sink and i think that's what this question boils down to is can you add value so that it doesn't feel like that time sink to players that have done it multiple times i think the answer is yes they could i don't know if they would and i don't even know if would is the right word or if they, if they have, I don't want to say if they can, because I know they can. It doesn't make can sense would, to do it. The word is should. I mean, that's the word we're looking for. We're looking for should they do this. Is it better to do that than to do something else? Because it's always a trade-off. That is the it thing is. we always have to keep in mind. Um, when talking about any aspect, and we didn't really even go into it, and we're almost out of time here. We didn't really even go into discussing what I was hoping to discuss to some degree, which is the concept of, like how much is enough of anything? I mean, we can go right into that if you want. Well, I'm going to use this as an example based on something that happened uh, in the previous patch, an 8.2.5. We got a gorgeous, fully rendered cinematic that focused heavily on Sarfang. Mm-hmm. We've had several of those this expansion, and as a fan of World of Warcraft, they're brilliant. They're beautiful. They're incredible storytelling moments. They're, they're incredible achievements. They also have sweet F all to do with what I'm interested in doing in this game. And there is always a tension between, did we need that? Did we need more of that? Did we need so many of them that we didn't get? There's nothing like that in Nihilotha or related to it. And obviously there was never going to be. There certainly is nothing like that in Legion. You know, Legion has has pre-rendered cinematics, but they're not they're in using the in-game engine. Hmm. The, this is a, a tug of war. It's a pull between what we can do, what's the best use of our resources, what's the best use of our time. And I I admit, I would love sometimes for them just to say F it and to let us skip things and that's why i said like i said you were talking about that and i said i'd ordinarily be on the side of this ordinarily i think it's fine if i've done it once let me just move on i don't know why exactly i i'm not going for it this time i'm trying to to put my words like through it but i just keep coming up with a there's a reason and i'm not coming up with a good way to vocalize it so the fully rendered cinematic stuff i think boils down to it was necessary and, I think and it's a different department, too. That's the thing is. you got to always keep in mind. Sure. It's not the guys who are coding the game. It's not the people that are supposed to be finding out what's wrong with the auction house. Not the same department. The, the guys who make cinematics are not the guys who but, find out why the mail server isn't working. But I think that the reason that the cinematic was necessary is because something we talked about at the very, very beginning of this this episode, which is the switch from story A to B. It needed a moment for the switch. And there are two ways that they could have really done something like that. It's either you have an in-game quest that ends 
and gives you a little blurb or a couple moments in game or you cap it in a way that feels almost epic and like you're right we don't have anything like that really in Nihalatha but we also Nihalatha isn't that weird part where it's the last raid we're going to get before we start getting into pre-Shadowlands stuff and anything that happens between now and then is going to be lead up into that next expansion so it's I think we might see something that caps this later and moves us towards the next piece, which is why we didn't really necessarily get something for Nihalatha. But Nihalatha I think the Sarfang, I think the Sarfang thing was important for the cap. Yeah, there's also like to a certain degree, there's Nihalatha stuff that isn't done in a pre-rendered cinematic, but is done through gameplay and narrative in that sense. And that's the other tension. There's always is this gameplay thing that you want to skip on. Is it a narrative that needs to be there? Do you need but, to have this stuff happen? And I, I, I agree. Do you need to see it again? That's, again? that's the thing. Yeah. Do you need to see any of this again? Why are you playing an alt? Just to have another character? Do you want to skip the game entirely so that you can just get to max level? You can do that. They let you. In most cases, or yes. Not, you yes. can at least get to level 50. I mean, you know, like one, 10 levels below. They'll let you do a lot of that stuff. That's the tension you always have to think about. You always and it's it's not always as easy as well. I've already done this. You you've, you've done this, but do you really remember it? Have you? Should you be well, able to just have another character and be ready to go? But I think, should that be doable? I think that's a choice we can't make. Play it. Well, it is a choice. It's a choice well, they make. It's not a choice. I think it's a choice that players should be allowed to make for themselves because except everybody's that your choice. Your choice isn't necessarily only affecting you. Except if you oh, have hold on a minute. Time, whoa, 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 hold on a minute there. This yes, is a is. multiplayer game, man. Yes, it is because if I what me going through any of those things multiple times does it affect you? No, yeah, it doesn't. It, How it does? It affects me. It well, it doesn't necessarily affect me. It might affect other people too. How? Here's the thing. If you can basically get your alt there, ready to go, and with all that stuff done already, without playing through any of it, that means you get more time to do stuff with your alt. It, it, it is a force multiplier on the amount of time that, you have. Okay. It inflates the value of time. And that's mm. not necessarily bad. No, it's not necessarily bad. But it is to be kept you're, in mind. You're still not telling me how this affects you if I choose to skip it. How does me how spending time, more time with, the, more time with an alt affect you? If it's a force multiplier on time, if it inflates the value of the time you have to spend, then it rewards players who have more time to spend. But it doesn't take anything does. away from it you. It does take away from me in that I can't do that. <laughs> We're using me as an example here. I actually sure. have plenty of time to do it. I could have like 30 alts. There's nothing stopping me. I but again, okay. But I think we're, we're, we're going to. Is my time valuable enough? And how, at what point? These are things you have to keep in mind when you're making the design. And when you're thinking about, okay, do we just let people skip this? Does that guy with, like, one of the th our problems we have right now is the guy who had, like, people got up to, like, how many alts in Warlords? Like, they were churning alts, and because they had okay. the time okay. to do that, they could more thoroughly exploit the the uh, systems of the garrison that... to generate vast sums of money, sure. which has had an effect on the game to right now. Garrisons, of, garrisons were a mistake on a whole other level, and we'll, we can we can talk hours yeah. on that. But we're already here, here, like eight minutes let me, into this. Let me make it simple. Let me let me simplify it real quick for this though. And here's where I think our disconnect is. I as a player don't necessarily have a lot of time, but I like my alts. So 
systems that I can't skip mean I don't play alts, mean I don't get to experience those stories because I don't have the time to do it. So what is I, that's why I don't see giving the players the option. I don't understand why that would not be a good thing. An option. You don't well, have option, to do it. It doesn't. Well, well, it doesn't mean the you option have to. to have a, the option to have multiple garrisons on multiple characters didn't seem bad. You're going. You're going there. too far back. Let's go right to the broken shore. Did anybody skipping the broken shore affect you as a player? Did it? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't believe that's skipping a, broken shore does because it didn't give you anything. Garrisons were garrisons were a well, whole other it thing. Kind of did because it allowed them to get into the game faster. It allowed them to get right to the point. Whereas I had to play through that thing the first time on my main. And that's the thing. It's, this is something you have to sit and go, how much do we want to encourage? And that's, again, not necessarily a bad thing. You might want to, to encourage alts in your game. You might want to say players should be allowed to have those choices because it might make for a stronger game. But these things are situational and they cascade. What's really good for this one situation might not be good for the next. And again, I'm having a real hard time coming up with the exact reason why I feel like in this case, it's not good to just skip it. And, it just and, feels more inextricably linked in a way that I feel like there are consequences to just pulling it out and handing people the stuff and in, saying go. And, I, and, I, and I, in, I don't know what they are because I haven't seen it. Sometimes you don't see what the consequences is consequences are until you do them. And I think that's the problem. And then is, it's too late. I think that's a problem because you can't pinpoint why. And I'm exactly on the opposite spectrum because I don't see a problem with it, especially because in, in here is certain in a very specific circumstance, but one that I know happens a lot where people change classes for, for whatever reason, like I, they, we have somebody who's going from warrior to uh monk, or we have somebody who's going from, uh, well, they should be punished right now. There's nothing. <laughs> Or, or they're going we... from Death Knight to Warrior, which has happened. Um, oh, no, that's stupid. Stay Death Knight. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but the thing is, like, no. should those players be? It's where where's that line, right? And again, it comes back to that. It's how can yeah, you give sw- everybody their switching, individual though, value? If you're switching, then that's not your alt anymore. That's your main. And so, so you, you feel that they should have to go through stuff like that again, even on their on their. I don't main. really. Here's the thing, man. I'm not actually all that concerned about it. I just feel like there is a design purpose here. And it's not just to make you jump through hoops because you had to jump through hoops the first time. And, and I, I would feel agree like with, that's why I, I would agree with you if it taught you anything intrinsic. And, and I think like and for me and you and I are, are definitely good examples of this because you learned something during your alt going through the stuff that I don't think I did because well, I play quite my frankly alts. you probably play your alts a lot more than I played mine exactly. at least in this particular case yeah. cuz this alt's a paladin and paladins are awful to level and they've never gotten good and if you love your paladin I'm sorry I just can't so and, yeah, and for me, it was my druid, which I play rather frequently. So I it's, know it's how to play the not class. That I didn't, it's not that I didn't play the character, although I'll be up front. This is a boosted character because you got a free boost sure. when you pre-ordered. So I took it and I, pre- I boosted the paladin because I wanted to have a paladin at max level. And I knew I was never going to get it to 120. Like, oh, God, this is never going to happen. And it's it's a really weird boost when you think about the fact that it's a level 120 boost for buying Shadowlands, the game where you'll be level 50. Yeah, that, that that's definitely weird. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's a strange thing to think about, you know? But And that's the thing. 
I, I think that way about boosts sometimes. Are boosts intrinsically bad? Should you have to play all the way to max level? Should you have to go through it all? And, that is and, something I think about. It is something I really do consider. And, and it for me, it's it's. I think that that, that should all... I, I'm a big proponent of player choice. I always have been. I think players should be allowed to choose how they experience a game, especially something that's been along for, you know, 15 years, right, at this point. And I feel that way about boosts. I use them occasionally if I want to try something. Like, I, I think I still have one saved from one of the older expansions. Like I, have, I think I have a level 90 boost kicking around somewhere. But, like... I can't decide what's right for another player because I don't know what their deal is. So do I think that they're okay to be there as a choice? I don't see a problem with it. Now, see, that's the thing. That's an interesting thing because neither of us are making those choices for other people. We're discussing here, what should be in the design. They're slightly different between thinking about what the problems for design are versus thinking about what other players should do. Well, Players should do whatever they want within the framework exactly. of the game as it is. But does that mean the game's framework has to change to accommodate them? Now, the one thing I will is say... It always, is it always right for it to do so? Is it always a benefit to the game if players have unlimited choice? Now, and here's and here's an interesting thing that I, I want to bring up real quick, too, because before we, we call Stop it Stop 11 this, minutes late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one thing that WoW does in its systems that other games don't do is... And it's weird, right? So we talk a lot about how you can level through stuff and skip experiences if you choose to. And they're changing that in Shadowlands where you choose to level from 10 to 50 in a specific expansion. And you get to experience that expansion as you're leveling content. So you're not skipping around. And I think that's great. Other games, and I'll use Final Fantasy XIV as an example here, give players... A, so much choice that they can actually legitimately pay to skip content, not boost their character necessarily, but I can skip a Realm Reborn all quests. The game will count me as having done everything. I don't, I don't even have an option to go back and do it. It just gives me the markers and I'm done. And the same thing with the other expansions, like you can do that with Heavensward and all the other ones. That is weird to me, but it's not unique. WoW is unique in the fact that it doesn't let you do that. It makes you go through the mechanics of the game to to get through that content in some capacity. And I've always found that fascinating because you and I, and, and when Anne was here, we all talked about going back and doing old quests and doing old content, even when we were max level or finishing zones. And I think that that's great because we had that choice to do so. And then you have options where it's like, oh, I want to go play with my friends and I need to get past this content to do all this stuff. And other games let you just purchase essentially a content boost, not a level boost, a content boost. And then you can never go back. And that is absolutely weird to me. What they're doing though, that's actually interesting to point out because they're doing the opposite of that. Wow. is letting you go back and do content. You've already done. Yeah, they are. They give you that option with other people. They, th and that's an interesting thing to think about. And is that a good or bad thing? And we don't have time obviously, cause we, we went way over. Uh, but I'll be upfront, guys. I love it when he and I argue, because <laughs> not not because I like arguing with people, although I do when it's when it's civil, but because I had never opinions. really well because you look at a different viewpoint, and this made me think about my viewpoint in a way I've never really thought about it, and I still don't have a good answer to why do I instinctively recoil from this idea? Why is it the idea of skipping these quests bugs me? Um, I mean, part of it is the fact that there's some good storytelling in there. But does that mean that people should... There's good storytelling in a lot of quests. Does that mean people should have to see them? 
Like, you know, at what point do you feel like, guys, I've done this eight times. And, you know, I there's there's a certain logic to that. You know, I have played this character eight times. If you make it so that you can never skip it, you kind of channel people into their mains. I get that. And I accept that it's, you know, it, there's a problem there. I, it's like, I, I, I need to think more about it, but I really do think something other than just skipping it needs to be there. Even if it was something as simple as, we, I think we talked about this once, having like a kind of mini cinematic that would kind of go through and it almost like the starting yeah. zone thing, like the movie that plays when you start a brand new character and it's like, you know, four years ago, the young, the Tauran nation, you know, something like that, that would be like, you know, Magni, like just going over what you're going to see you know, here. And I've often, I've often thought about that. Like, wouldn't it be interesting to have something where almost like the tavern and hearthstone where you have somebody sitting down telling you that story or telling you those bits to bring you up to speed. Like, it, 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 I think something like that would accomplish both your and my goals. I think that I think something like that would be a happy medium where because I was thinking about this the other day when I made an alt and you swoop into Thunderbluff and, and Mulgore and all that time. And they, they give you those old pan arounds like they used to do in WoW Classic. They don't do anymore. They just don't simply do them. And it was a narrator voice explaining what the situation was. And when you get control of your character you know what generally is going on around you. And it was an interesting thing that I don't think has been repeated since it was just kind of a long time. It's been, it was just a very cool thing. It was a couple minutes. You could skip it if you wanted to, because you've seen it already or not. But if you didn't, it was a interesting way to ease into those characters that has never been repeated. So, yeah. Okay. That's my yeah, take I think on at it. this point, yeah, I think at this point we're going to move on because otherwise, guys, uh, we could be here for a while and we've already sixty minutes over. So, <laughs> but you know, thank thank you to Joe for like putting up with that because that was fun for me at least. If you guys liked it, I hope you did. But uh, yeah, that's the show. So I think at this point we're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you have an email for the show or if you just want to spark a thirty-five minute argument, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast with Blizzard Watch in the in there so we know it's for this show um and yeah, yeah. so thank Blizzard- you guys so much for being here and everything that's just been great i'm i'm, I'm happy honestly to being happy while you read the thing all right well blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. In addition, since we mentioned it earlier, if you want to continue to support us, you can also, uh, the listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. You can pick up War Crimes or you can pick up Before the Storm. Uh, those are great books to, to, that we talked about that you can experience at your uh, at your leisure. And you can download those and many of other Blizzard's titles uh, and thousands of other books at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Okay. Since I want to do this for a while, I'm going to do like a quick wrap-up question because this is interesting to me. All right. If you had to pick one expansion to, to level through, like, and you 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 can only do it once. You're never going to get to go back. This is your one and only playthrough of that one expansion. Oof. Which one would it be? Oh gosh. So playthrough once can never go back. Nope. 
None of your characters can either. You're never going back there. This is your one run through. Okay, you know what? This is going to sound like an odd one. I'm going to go with Burning Crusade. And the reason I'm going to say that is because Burning Crusade, I think, was a very interesting experience. But I think it's better through the lens of retrovision than it is actually experiencing it again. So I think it's something where playing through it once, getting all of the completion of it, learning the entire story of it, doing everything once, I think is fine. And I think I can move on from that and look at it through the nostalgia lenses and be perfectly content never having have it to do it again. What about you? Wrath of the Lich King. Really? I never want to see that one again. It, any particular reason, or do we not have time? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think Wrath of the Lich King was very, very good. I also think it is overused as a very, very good expansion, and it introduced some huge problems to World of Warcraft that it's never recovered from. So, yeah, I think in a lot of ways we're about to get the reset that's going to finally allow WoW to recover from the stuff that World of Warcraft's Wrath of the Lich King expansion started. That's um, a really good point. But, you know, if you want to talk about item level stuff, gearing, raid life balance, all that stuff, World of Warcraft's uh, Wrath of the Lich King was the one that took it where it didn't need to go. It just took it too far and too fast. So, yeah. But at the same time, I, I really do think it's got some great storytelling in it. So I'd love to do one really big, just do all of it playthrough and, and get that done and, and put a put a tack in it, so to speak. Fair enough. But yeah. I think that's the show, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.